Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. Oh, you getting settled? You getting settled? I'm getting settled. I'm settling. Oh, <laughs> uh, how is your week been? Oh, Joshua, this has been the most social week I've had in in two years since the pandemic. Since the pandemic began, this the two week and of two year anniversary of the pandemic, right? Oh, Pretty much, I think you're right. Yeah, when I think it was what was the official lockdown date? The th- I thought it was the 13th, the 19th. Oh, okay. In California is yeah. when the state locked down. Okay. Jeez. I had tickets to go see Sutton Foster at the Symphony. Oh, yeah, that's how we're marking it. What we what we didn't get to do. Yeah. Do you remember everything you didn't get to do? Uh, I mean. <laughs> I can't remember what was all scheduled. So much stuff has been rescheduled. I mean, I remember I had a Tori Amos book signing that was rescheduled. That really sucked, um, especially because it took forever to like figure out. Um, there was something I was supposed to do in April, but I don't remember what it was of 2020. I, we had plans to travel. We had things going on, you know. Do you remember? Um, do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember? Well, let me ask you this. Of all the things that were rescheduled, have you done them again? Have you had your redos yet? Or are there things that are completely lost? Uh, like the Tori Amos thing. Did you get a chance to do that again? Or Well, not in person, unfortunately. Oh, okay. But, yeah. But, but yeah. some sort of makeup. Yeah, they did like a Zoom thing. But it's, I mean, it sucked. Because it was definitely in the early days, like when they were still, I think it was supposed to be... I think it happened around the same time because it was supposed to be in May mm-hmm. of 2020 for her new book, The um, Revolution, I think it was called. I, I can't remember now. Um, yeah, and so I, I just, it just wasn't like what it was supposed to be, you know, because I had bought like VIP tickets. So mm-hmm. like I was going to get to like ask her like a question directly. That didn't really happen in the Zoom. It was just all, it was a mess. So whatever, I don't care. At this point, you know, I'm going to see her in a couple months here in San Diego. So oh. uh, that would be fun. See her live again. Is uh, Lilith Fair rolling through? Or? <laughs> Tori didn't do Lilith Fair. Oh. Um, no, wow. she put out a new record. Look at her reading me for not knowing Lilith Fair. No, I wasn't trying to like read you. Hey, listen, no. Okay. Since you brought it up, did, maybe did I already talk about this, that one of the, the students in one of my classes thought it was something that happened in the seventies? No, you didn't. Oh yeah. Cause my, um, my counseling professor that I have right now, my counseling and social change professor, she's, I think she's like five, six years older than I am. So we have a lot of the same references for the nineties. Uh, she's also a queer woman. So we're even more like, you know, we're the same yeah, um, in our hearts. And <laughs> so and a lot of jokes she makes, you know, like I talked a little bit about like um, music I liked and in, uh, in class one day we share a lot. It's very group therapy kind of in a way. 
and I like made a joke. I was like, you know, um, one of my favorite um, musicians is Melissa Etheridge. Most of you probably have only heard of her because your moms or your aunts went through a phase in college. (laughs) (laughs) And they all just stared at me because I don't, because they didn't have any clue who she was. They didn't understand what I was trying to say, but the professor about fell out of her chair laughing. (laughs) She got it. But anyway, so we were talking about something. I don't remember how it came up, but she like, Lilith Fair came up and then she stopped, you know, she's like, actually, she's like, does anybody know what Lilith Fair was? And this girl raised her hand, you know, all like, yes, I do. It happened in the 70s. <laughs> I was like, no, it happened in the 90s. I was like, these kids only know Sarah McLaughlin from her sad dog commercials. They don't, they have no idea. Were the Indigo Girls at Lilith Fair? I think they may have been at one okay. of them. Because there was a few. Because it traveled. There was like three years and then they revived it. But the uh-huh. original was like Sarah, Paula Cole, um, uh, who else? I think Jewel was there. I think Tracy Chapman maybe. I, I have it somewhere because they did a collected like live you know, See, this Sean is, Colvin may have been there. Uh, Natalie Merchant, I think, popped up on one. Po- this is possibly. a great trivia question. Like, who are, who's the original lineup of the first Lilith Fair? Yeah. Similar to, like, who's the first lineup of, like, Woodstock. Right, and right. So on and so yeah. forth. And, I mean, again, I could be totally wrong. Because I did not get to go. Even though it was the only thing my, like, 12-year-old heart wanted was to go to Lilith Fair. Oh my god, there's some logo movie in there somewhere. I know, like right? Young queer goth kid. Yeah. Hitchhikes to Lilith Fair. <laughs> yeah. Sarah McLaughlin. Closer uh, I, I just, am to five. I just bought tickets to see Sarah again at Humphreys. Why? Because I love her. She's so great. Ugh. Is all the money going to go to help animals? Probably. (laughs) I think there was something in there that, yeah, I think she does donate like a a portion. Well, she has a school for kids or something. I was like, a school school for animals? A school for (laughs) dogs? A music school for kids. So I think she gets a lot of money Sarah McLaughlin's school for the abused dogs. Uh, anyway, so, but I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, I mean, we did get to finally go on the cruise that had been rescheduled several times because I think even that was supposed to originally happen in like the spring of 2020 and then it got moved to November of 2020 and then it got moved to 2021. So we did that last year. Oh, it got moved a whole year. Oh, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Just, oh, our Elvira trip did too. Got moved to next year, next May. So crossing fingers that but that was not pandemic related. That's related. That's true. That's a that's the wrong horseman that's, that's responsible true. for that. You're right. You're right. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, I, I don't remember if there was anything else. Uh, I mean, lo- yeah, lots of things we had were canceled, like Orville Peck canceled, but he just rescheduled. We just got tickets for his show again at Humphreys, uh, but he had canceled it completely, and now it's a whole new tour. Um. Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot more. I, there was a point where I just had to let it go, where I was just like, we are not going to do anything until like 2022. So let's and here just, we are. Yeah, I know. In and then here we are. So, and there are a lot of things that are still like missing from, like Tori usually does like, um, for years, she doesn't charge like for meet and greet, but for years, if you can get to her, like the venue at like noon, she'll come out and do like two hours of like hanging out with people. So like security's there, but she'll meet people. She'll sign autographs, you know, she'll talk, uh, you know, and it's always like core, like, I mean, Tory fans are like a whole other brand of like intense. Uh, they're just, there's something else. 
Um, but she's not doing that on this tour, obviously, because of like COVID stuff, you know, got to keep everybody safe and blah, 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 blah. So there's a lot of things still missing, you know, like we were supposed to meet Orville Peck. We're not getting to do that. We have a VIP, but it's not, it's for like merch and sign stuff. So no meet, like there's no meet and greets on like any of the tours. (laughs) So, and Melissa's doing meet and greets, but it's like this where you're far away from each other. No. Yeah. So it's like, I don't really. It's how you. It's how we record. It's yeah. So, so we were socially distant before yeah, it became a exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, I mean, that's nice and all, at least to come in and say hi, but it's like, I mean, if you're going to be like far, you know, it's like you can't really talk or chat or anything. It's so it's just, you know, I mean, good for people who like, you know, want to, you know, want to go in and get the picture and stuff, but it just sucks to like not get like a nice picture, you know? I mean, like, let's just call it what it is, right? Like we're keeping everybody safe. I'm like, no, you're keeping your bag safe. As the kids say, you're keeping that bag (laughs) filled with that money filled with those coins safe because you don't want to get no Rona up in here. Shut down your tour dates. Yeah. I mean, that's why we didn't get like, we're seeing Trixie and Katya in a couple weeks. We didn't buy the VIP for that. Cause it's just like, you can't really talk. I mean, it's not like, you know, I don't want to pay to be like photographed in the same room with somebody. Like that's not, you know, I mean, you have like a whole interaction, like you want to be able to chat and talk. So maybe we'll go back to buying those kinds of like packages when maybe it's a little more like normalized, you know, back, you know, if, if so, I mean, if it doesn't go back, then it just is what it is. And good for them making the money again, like whatever, like, Hey, I'm glad that people will pay for it. Um, you know, we just decided to instead eventually it's get better just seats. Be, it's just going to be people yelling across the room. Right. <laughs> Melissa. So nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I've actually never done any of the Queens, uh, VIP packages. We were supposed to for Jinx and Dela. Obviously uh-huh. that got, mm-hmm. that got canceled. Um, so have you ever done any of the live queen, like the drag race Queens? I mean, none of the drag race Queens we've okay. done. The, I think the only thing I've done is Jackie B. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I've done Jackie Coco, like their meet and greets, but they're way more like chill. Yeah. Um, because they're not like attached to, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a whole ordeal with like the drag race Queens. So, well, yeah. And, and you know, they, they go on the road so much that they're just immune to everything. So <laughs> yeah, maybe they don't, they really don't care. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I I can't remember what else. I know there were lots of things that did get canceled that I was disappointed in. Uh, you know, I think that the like the Ozzy Osbourne date got totally canceled. We were supposed to go to, you know, just things like that. It's it's been so long, and because things have rescheduled and we have gotten to do some, you know, go and see some people, mm-hmm. it's been a little better. Uh, I love this. Like we've. Um, We've gone from like, you know, what horrors, you know, has the pandemic brought to like, let's celebrate the two year anniversary of the. <laughs> I, see, that's the thing. I, I try not to say celebrate. I think it's like I mean, uh, commemorate, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, you know, commiserate. Yeah. Uh, Mis- misery being the, uh, <laughs> the operative word hidden in there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's like, it feels so. Like, life really kind of, other than the masks in school, because my life is so small, like, right now. It's like, I'm either in here with you in this room, or, like, I'm in class, what, you know, 100 feet, or, you know, whatever, a mile away. and, and um, Maybe, maybe less, maybe half yeah, a mile away. Probably. Yeah, probably. You know, so my whole world is, like, a square mile. Like, so, <laughs> for most of it, you know, I mean, unless I'm going to go, like, see a show or something like that. So, it's it's weird. It's, like, just have a really weird sense of, like, Things feel really normal to me, 
I've just really normalized to this situation. I think that I was talking about this with some people this week and it was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that I don't, I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to like ever be maskless on a plane Mm. ever again. Yeah. Um, You mean as a function of the airplanes making it mandatory or you just like it so you're going to always wear it? I actually like it. Yeah. Because it's also, you know, I can't, I can't use my CPAP on the plane. So actually sleeping on the plane with a mask is helpful a little bit to not make me feel so dry. Oh, okay. Um, Also, I just don't like to, you know, like, I don't like to have, like, worry about other people's germs and stuff. Yeah, keep your germs to yourself, Karen. Chad. Chad, Keith. (laughs) Insert white name here. Um, Yeah, I don't, I'm like, I don't think I'll ever, even, you know, when we get to a point where it is more normal, I think that's something that a lot of people will keep. Yeah. Um, which I mean, good for us. There are cultures where mask wearing is pretty standard when you're, mm-hmm. you know, doing cold and flu season. Hey, yeah, I mean, I've been a pretty outspoken supporter of the masks in general. I like it. I yeah. like. Well, it. you just don't like to look at certain people, so you well to I, wear them. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't want people talking to me, and you know, um, it's just yeah. It's also that it's like man, it's like it's been. I, I had like a brief cold, uh, but it'd been the first in like three years almost because I hadn't had anything before COVID happened either, you know, for like a year. So it's, it had been like two and a half years or so since I'd had a cold, like, which I don't know. I mean, maybe that's not good. Maybe we were supposed to get sick sometimes, but, um, I don't know. It was kind of nice. Like I th- the masks, I think really helped with that too. <laughs> like I wasn't, you know, getting sick from anything else. So, and again, yeah, if I'm like feeling ill, but I need to go out, like put a fucking mask on, you know, like I love that concept. I think everybody should do that, you know, because there's a lot of reasons people, you know, people, oh, just stay home. Like we know, like we live in like, you know, Capitalist, unchecked capitalism. Yeah, so it's like, you know, hellscape. yeah, this uh, end of time. So, you know, not everybody has the option to like not go to work. Uh, I saw the best TikTok the other day. It made me laugh so hard. It was. I, hold on. Pause. I would have never guessed those words would come out of your mouth. Hold on. Let me caveat that. It was TikTok, but it had been put in a reel on Facebook. Oh, okay. But it had the TikTok logo. That's more like Sorry. it. Yeah, yeah. Let me just boomify it or <laughs> whatever. Although I do have TikTok and I do look... I follow 23 people and they're all like comedians. Um, so when I need like a laugh. But anyways, it was like your boss coming to your funeral. So it was like the perspective of like you laying in the casket and your boss, like I can tell you're having a really hard time right now, but I'm going to need you to come in tomorrow. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's the fucking mentality we are actually dealing with. So I get that people can't just stay home because you're sick. Like there's a lot of um, choices that can't be made. But if you're fe- if you're not feeling well and you have to go and do something, put a mask on. I just don't I, see the I point. I hate that shit though because it's like that's also bosses having to deal mainly from like maybe a corporate perspective, having yeah. to deal with like bare bones staff to where like they need absolutely every single person to show up all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but that's not that's never that's not realistic. Yeah, and again, that is their problem. You know, like I'm very 
like even if it makes my life more difficult, like at my old job, like you know, because we we did have people that tended to call off a lot, but I believe that they were actually sick, and it's like, well, I just feel bad, like blah blah blah. I'm like, this is not your problem. This is our my ex supervisor. Like that's this is her problem. Like you know, like this is her problem. It's her boss's problem. It's HR's. Pro- it's it's somebody else's problem. You don't run this place. Like you're a you know minimum quote minimum wage worker. Although we didn't, we made more than minimum wage. But anyway, but the point is, it's like we were the lowest totem, uh, you know, like, so it's like our lowest rung on the ladder or whatever. So you need a day off, take a fucking day off. The place isn't going to explode. And I'm not going to do any more work than necessary. So it's like, you know, it's like I'm doing what I can do. Oh, right. You know, so I firmly like just believe like, yeah, when people are like that. But I also have worked in like environments where it's like, that's why I never want to work in restaurants again because there's so much focus on cutting labor. But then the second, like, I remember my, like, district manager would come in and just, like, fucking freak out if we had, like, you know, one person extra on the shift. And then it'd be like, okay, well, we're going to send you home. Like, or who wants to go home for the day? That person leaves. Then you get slammed. And it's like, where the fuck is that? Why is nobody working? Because your crazy fucking ass just came in here and made me send everybody home. So it's like, I don't miss, I don't miss that like terrorism of like that, you know, um, I had a boss who installed cameras so she could call, she didn't come in, but she could call and like, why is that person standing at the counter? I was like, because in 20 minutes, this place is going to be a goddamn nightmare. And I think it's fine if uh, we rest for a few minutes and prepare for that nightmare mm-hmm. that's going to come. Oh, that's a very, like, if you can lean, <laughs> you can lean, you can clean. Yeah, I hated that shit. And I still do. I just don't, I, everybody, I, you know, I just believe in trusting people to do their jobs, you know? And especially in restaurants, it's just a nightmare. People are horrible. Human, hungry humans, we're awful. We're evil fucking monsters. And <laughs> so it's like, hey, you need to take that time, you know, have a breather. Mm-hmm. You know, just hang out for a second because, you know, we're going to be flooded. And, you know, and the dinner hour is always, I mean, it's just always breakfast, lunch, dinner, nightmare. So, you know, and like pizza, like working in pizzas, like, oh my gosh, Friday night, you know, having hours where you were making thousands of dollars. I mean, that's for a $10 pizza. Like, that's a ton of money. Like, you know, I mean, a ton of pizzas being made. It just used to drive me nuts, so I don't miss any of that. What What are we talking about? What is this? What is happening? You're going off on. You're go <laughs> go off, Queen. Yes, honey. Uh, the house down boots. That's why on. I try to be nice to anybody in restaurants. You know, I get. I'm just like I. I know your life is awful. Like I told that story about that asshole that came into the when I went to lunch. You know, and I was commiserating with the um, the host. Mm-hmm. I'm like. This, this job sucks. So <laughs> thank you for doing art, you know, doing it. But if you want me to punch that old dude in the throat, I'll do it for you. You just give me the eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what else has been happening? I'm trying to think of what I was watching this week. Uh, I want to talk about the stuff that we need to watch, but I also don't because we're going to watch it and don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, uh, belabor the point. Uh, what do you mean, stuff we need to watch? X, Fresh. Oh, right, like, right, yeah. Uh, you know, you need to watch Master, because I already watched... Oh, see, what is it with this, like, mononymous, like, like you know, one-word titles? We got Fresh, X, Master. Yeah. I do I, want to see... Um, I need to watch Yellow Jackets. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that. So good. Uh, even though, yeah, again, 10 episodes in, you're like, what the fuck is happening? I have no idea. Um, 
Yeah, I'm t- we didn't really... It's We've been just catching up on dumb stuff. Well, I mean, we watch Resident Alien. It's not really horror. It's like sci-fi. It's fun. Have you seen any of that with Alan Tudyk, I think his name is? No, I don't. But I know... <laughs> so here's a fun thing. Um, Alice Wetterlin, who is on that show... Um, I don't know who she plays, but she's on that show. Yeah. She does the recap podcasts about Marvelous Mrs. Maisel that I listen to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Alex Borstein's on that show right fun. now, right? Uh, well, she was in an episode. So far, she hasn't come back. Okay. I was really hoping they were going to do more with her. So we'll see. Oh, I did start Shining Veil with uh, Courtney Cox. Is it? It looks funny. Is it funny? It's funny. Uh, it's like American Horror Story season one. In a way, I mean, it's a lot of things, mm-hmm. but it's like Courtney Cox is like a writer who wrote like some kind of salacious book when she was younger and has been working six years to write the sequel to it. Um, you know, so it's we're gonna take your advance, it ties into nicely to today's film, but not really. Um, anyway, so nothing, yeah, ties in nothing. I, I to the we'll, film. we'll get to that. Don't, we don't want to because we have so little to say, we don't want to waste it here. We want to make sure we put it in the actual. <laughs> conversation or this episode's not going to be long enough at all. <laughs> People are going to be like, did something happen? Where'd the, where'd it go? Anyways. Um, but Courtney Cox, yeah, she plays like this, uh, writer and then she's got two awful children and an awful husband. Not really, but, uh, and then Mira Sorvino's like a ghost haunting the place. And the only reason I wasn't going to watch it cause I just, I don't know. I, it, when I saw the preview, I was like, it just feels like American Horror Story ripoff. Like, I'm not going to watch it. But I listened to Mark Marin's podcast. He did an interview with Mira Sorvino, who I love. And you know she got, like, fucked by um, Harvey Weinstein. It's, yeah. Um, do you know that? Like, Mm-mm. do you know who Mira Sorvino is? Yes. Okay, okay. American Beauty, right? No, isn't that Mina Suvari? <laughs> Mira Sorvino was Romy and Romy and Michelle. Okay, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I literally thought you were talking about Mina Subar. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Now you have me doubting that I'm even saying you the right want me name. To, you want me to cut this out, don't you? No, it's okay. This is delightful. Um, it, sounds like, it, it sounds like one of those names is like the off-brand of the other. Like... Did you get Mira Sorvino? No, I got Mina Suvari. <laughs> there you go. That sounds like a thing John on... McDermott. Yeah, McDermott and Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway, so Mira Sorvino, she was in Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion. She played Romy. Uh, again, just to reiterate, she was in Mimic. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Mimic. That was his first movie. Was she the Mimic? Which in that interview, she said uh, she's the scientist who creates like this bug that eventually becomes the the monster in the. Wait, that was Guillermo del Toro. It was his first film, and he was almost fired from it if not for her. Like she talked about the whole story of that on the show that Guillermo has told her like if if she hadn't like stepped up for him, he wouldn't have had the career he had. I mean, that's her, like, what she said he said. But, yeah, they tried to fire him, and she, like, got her attorneys and all this stuff involved. Like, no, like, you can't do that. Like, I, you know, I have a contract. Anyways, but, so, she's one of those people who Harvey um, Weinstein, like, kept, like, trying to get her to sleep with him. Mm. And she refused him. And he, like, basically, like, 
he told everybody she was difficult to work with. So she didn't, she didn't get hired on the Lord of the Rings film. She was supposed to play in that. There was all, she had like a list of movies she was supposed to be in that she didn't get because the director's like, Oh, she's difficult to work with. But the only person that that came from was, was Weinstein. So basically she didn't make a, a feature film for 20 years because of him like ruined her career. She had been, she had won an Academy award for that. Um, mighty Aphrodite, um, Woody Allen movie, which she also talked about like her regrets about that whole situation. That, I mean, it was a really fascinating interview. Um, but yeah, she just talked about how like all these directors have reached out to her and apologized and, you know, said that, you know, they just, what are you going to do? And like, I mean, it is what it is, but you know, if the guy, running the place is like, you can't hire her. Like, you know, so horrible, terrible. Like the whole story was just so sad. She, she didn't ever slept with him though. No, 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 no. that was the whole thing. And then of course, as it all, the, the, I highly recommend dear listener ever. And you, Joe, if you, you know, like Mark Marin, he, he gives a good interview. It was a really good chat. But anyway, so she was just talking about how, um, working on like, she did American crime story. She played uh, Monica Lewinsky's mother. And mm-hmm. she talked about how great that experience was and like working with Ryan Murphy and working with all the people of that. And she's like, it had been like the first time in a long time she'd been on like a really good set. Uh, and then making shining veil was the same thing. And the director like wrote things like in for her. And I don't know. She just was like gushing about just what a good experience it was for her that I'm like, okay, well I'm going to watch shining veil just if for nothing else to give it like one more watch to support, like, cause she was like, they kind of hung it on her. It was like Courtney Cox. Um, I can't remember who plays the husband. He's somebody like I, I, I recognize him. Um, but he's a man. So they're... he's a man. So I can't remember his name. Um, <laughs> uh, Greg Kinnear, who I, I like, um, Kinnear. Kinnear. K- Kinnear. Greg Kinnear, yes. Yeah, Courtney Cox, and then, like, Mira Sorvino. Like, they're the three names of it, you know? And so I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to watch it, because it's... I do really like her. Uh, they've done three episodes so far, so she hasn't really done much. She just kind of pops up and scares Courtney Cox's character and then, like, disappears again. So I'm going to see as what her actual story is. Apparently, she's like a ghost that looks like a 50s housewife, or like a... No, no, more like... I mean, she looks like she's from the 50s, but kind of glam. It's weird. But apparently, that's not what's actually going on. So I'm excited to see. Like, she's like a ghost pretending to be something she's not or something. I don't know. It sounds super weird. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the story does. Oh, gosh. I, I, Mira Sorvino and Mina Suvari. Right. Completely different. But you know what? Who else looks similar? Mina Suvari, uh, Mira Sorvino looks like Bridget Monaghan. Uh-huh. So I don't know who that is. This is this is Brie Larson, Allison Brie, Allison Pill all over again. Right. Like, I have a whole thing about that. Uh, all right, Joe. Have we screwed around long enough? I, whatever. Can we just be done? <laughs> Good I know. Night, you everybody. don't even want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about this. Okay. Well, we will be back to uh, for me to pull teeth for uh, Joe to talk about Rock and Roll Nightmare. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. (sighs) Um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males... From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app.
Uh, all right, welcome back. So today we are continuing our uh, watching of horror films uh, about musicians. Not musical horror, just that it's musicians are the central part of the horror film. With uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare, a uh, shockingly direct-to-video horror film uh, directed by John Fasano, starring heavy metal musician... John, you think it's Michael Thor? I think it's John Michael yeah. Thor. Looks like Mickle Thor. John Mickle Thor. John Mickle Thor. What is that? That sounds like something. Anyways, uh, John Michael Thor. <laughs> and then other names that do not have uh, Wikipedia highlights. <laughs> uh, at a surprisingly, extremely long 83 minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when we watch Studio 666... Yeah, Joshua, what the fuck? Um, you know, the Dave Grohl film, to reference again, that is kind of what kicked this whole thing off. We had talked to our friend, Matt, over at Horror Movie Night, because uh, we were chatting about like the influences, like what was Dave Grohl watching in order to make the film, and he gave us a list of suggested films that he thought were very much an influence on this, and Rock and Roll Nightmare was one of them, and it was about a heavy metal band going to a house to make a record or to record music or something. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds fun, That you know? So let's watch that. And so we did. And uh, good night. No. Uh, Joe, thoughts? <laughs> Joshua. <laughs> no thoughts. Joshua, fuck you no listen this is not you can <laughs> you're trying to make you're trying to put this on matt matt gave us a list of like don't even don't you dare don't, don't you dare put this on that man no this is it's true i'm this not holding anybody responsible <laughs> listen i i wish we, i'd had like a house full of like you know our friends that are funny because it would have been a blast to eat pizza popcorn and just like talk about it, it would have been like an experience but of course, yes, trying to like pull some meaning from it for this show. Yeah, there's like nothing. This is, I don't even know what to say. It's like... Is this the worst film that we've done? I, I mean, I think technically speaking, probably. This is probably, yeah, the What's worst... What's the like next worst film then? I don't, I don't remember all of them. I mean, we're almost at 200 episodes. I know. We all... You are a better Actually, judge of that one, than I... Because I came up... <laughs> When the second one did come up for me. <laughs> I think I know what the second worst film we ever watched did. What? Watched with Tourist Trap. Oh, uh, I mean, I, maybe technically speaking, but I, I like Tourist Trap and Thinner. I mean, we've definitely done some, like, movies that aren't, like, you know, Academy Award winning, you know, uh, contenders. But, uh, yeah, this one really, uh, really took the cake. Uh <laughs> <sighs> Um, uh, see, we're dead air. We have no yeah. Well, I mean, I love like you trying to pull like some kind of queer subtext out of this, and and I'm just like, Joe, like, like that should be considered a hate crime against queer people <laughs> trying to like you know make some of these people gay. Joshua, like, if I can't pull anything <laughs> queer from it, then <laughs> what's the point? What's the point? Well, what queerness did you pull? Um, besides the fact that the main guy was like beat better than his wife, that I mean, oh Thor, yeah, yeah well John Triton, Triton. Oh, he kind of looked like King Triton though, like from the Little Mermaid. I sometimes with that flowing hair, I thought he had Heather Locklear's hair from <laughs> Melrose Place. 
He was definitely like, it was definitely like s- s- hairsprayed to look like a bumpet was under there. Yes, that was like, so weird at times. Weird. I'm like, like, he's got like Peg Bundy's hair yeah, in some like, angles. Bumpet. You yeah. could rock a pony. Bumpet. Bumpet. Uh,. Yeah, I mean, again, we're talking, this was 1987. Uh, This is definitely coming out of that, like, again, like that stuff we talked about last week with, um, uh, like, the glam rock, like, of beef in in, uh, Phantom of the Paradise, you know? So it's definitely, yeah, they all have that sort of feminized you know, kind of look, but it's super masculine too. Like there, it's just that weird gender play. That was just kind of the thing then. Yeah. I'm trying to, was there any, I don't think there was any, like, was there any homophobia in this? I don't, it was so hard to pay attention to that. Maybe I feel like that, like there was tons of sexism on display. Obviously I think they said the R word. Oh, that's right. Yeah. There was a lot of bad stuff, but I actually feel like there wasn't any, there probably was. If I wanted to I go love back, the, I like, could probably dig something. I love the scene where we think it's the manager, but it's not. It's really the demon yeah. who's shape-shifted into the manager. And it's like, all right, well, take your breasts off. Like, Well, no, take your breasts off. Take your clothes <laughs> take off. Take your clothes off, yeah. See your breasts, your bazooms. You're going to cut the coke and keep the costumes ready. You're, you know, we hired groupies. And the whole time I'm hearing... Um, I'm hearing, oh God, what's her name? Uh, Kate Hudson's character from Almost Famous be like, I'm a band aid. Like, <laughs> like, I'm not a groupie. <laughs> like, she needed to come out and be that. Um, and there was like, you know, I love a good like shape shiftstress. Oh, of, yes. Of the, you know, Luann in the beginning. And oh, yeah. Seducing the clearly homosexual uh, band manager. That's right. You kept thinking that the band manager was clearly gay. Well, yeah. I mean, like, again, and... he, he looked like Elton John from the I'm Still Standing video. Oh, okay. With, like, the earring and, you know, there ain't no look. joy for a hometown boy. <laughs> I know that's I know that's George Michael, but... <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, again, you're trying to make your gay case, so... I know. I'm. An, I mean, I'll give that to you. But again, I do stand by that. I think that Glad should um, sanction you, <laughs> of like for trying to like bl- you know blame some queer subtext for this film. Like, no, no. Is... I think I think queer subtext would make this film mildly watchable. This is the worst film that we've ever done. I like that uh, right like in the beginning of it something my internet or something you know connect my internet needed to be rebooted and it was like something went wrong we're like yeah it, right when you started recording this thing like <laughs> yeah we know we're well aware something went wrong uh, Amazon Amazon like, so shady you usually have better taste than this <laughs> <laughs> shutting this down yeah I'm shutting this down um, yeah oh man I just are we gonna dedicate ten minutes of of the conversation to just the like all the stuff with the van right <laughs> that's how we that's how they got their their film to be longer. We could do that. We could just sit here in silence and pretend we're driving somewhere bumping yeah. along it just was for giving, ten minutes just to just to beef up the episode. <laughs> it was giving maximum overdrive like road movie <sighs> oh type. yeah, 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 um but again, again, like. This should have been like on the film, like the short film circuit. <sighs> yeah, it was just so strange. Like, and the whole like twist. Uh, so, like the whole time. So, this guy is well, actually. Hold on. Not, no, no, no okay. don't go there yet. We need to talk about the gratuitous titty 
and sex like stuff like there was so much we were watching softcore porn essentially but terrible like really bad like i mean it was just so it like lacked eroticism like i think you really have to work hard to like find any of this sexy it also felt like i mean it probably is just like a vanity project for this thor dude Mm -hmm. like can we have me in the shower for like an hour badly kissing this woman yeah. And show my butt for one second. I was really hoping that, like, we would see, like, the streaks of his spray tan. <laughs> Just pouring off. It was pouring off of yeah. him. But it wasn't. It was actually, he, so he has essentially melanoma by this point. Probably. Um, yeah. His hair, the hairspray. Do you think that, do you think that the marketers of Jennifer's body were, like, the boys who watch a rock and roll nightmare? That's who we're marketing for. And that's what happened with Jennifer's body. The marketing was off because they were marketing toward that audience who would love rock and roll nightmare. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. I don't know how to answer that. I don't know why you brought like a great film like Jennifer's body into this. No, I'm just, I'm thinking about like, cause like that was one of the flaws, right? Of Jennifer's body is that like they marketed. Uh, it they didn't know what to do with yeah. it. Yeah. No, I do agree. Yeah. Which is why it's like, you know, a cult film now instead of, you know, having been, having made, you know, mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Jennifer's again, body upsets I'm me. trying to talk about I'm it. I'm trying to, I can't even talk substantively about this film without bringing in other films. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, as you were saying, the twist. Well, I mean, I'm still just trying to wrap my head around. It. So it's like the house at the beginning. It's like it's got filled with these like evil Muppet things, mm-hmm. uh, demons of or something, or Beelzebub, Satan, hell hole that this house is situated above. And then they come there to like make their album, but then it turns out like they're all like magical hallucinations for like the demons to distract them because Thor the whole time is some kind of angel to fight the devil. He's the intercessor. <laughs> the intercessor. Also like, okay, maybe I've been doing fright school for too long, but he said he kept naming names mm. and I was like, I don't think all of those names are Lucifer. I think those are all the different Kings and princes of hell. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. He was like Bilal, Abalon. Like I'm like, I think, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I, yeah, we could have like done our due diligence and checked that, but I mean, there's so much going on in but, this that but, I don't even know. Yeah, do we even want to? Is that yeah. even a thing we want to do? Yeah, I definitely feel like. I mean, I think Matt was right. This, I mean, it very much like the like the ridiculousness of it, the overtopness of it. I think definitely shows up in Studio Six Six Six. Like, I do think that they, this movie clearly mm-hmm. is like an influence on that. Uh, you know, I just think that, yeah, in, I mean, what kind of, they, it was just so, it was just so badly executed. Like, I think this had like a good movie buried in it somewhere. If it was made by like competent people or something, not the way it turns out, but it's like, I, it's not that I'm against like the story totally. I mean, it could have been a fun, campy movie. It, it's just accidentally, you know, campy and weird. Uh, what I couldn't get over either was, like, the lyrics for the songs were really bad. 
Yeah, but Joe, I mean, have you listened to a lot of the glam rock stuff from then? I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like remembering like my brothers and sisters' dad like sing some of the music he used to sing. It just, I don't know. It all sounded the same to me. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Somebody out there is freaking out at me right now, like who loves, you know, fucking glam rock, heavy metal music. I was just never a fan, so it all kind of sounds like that to me. Okay. Um, but that probably is unfair. I mean, just because I don't like love that kind of music, I'm not, ju- I'm just not set to like defend whether or not this was any better than like, you know, stuff out. I there. mean, so far, Studio 666 is better than this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think all the movies that, like, influenced it, I mean, in this category, at least, like, these kind of B-movie, like, mm-hmm. you know, silly movies, not, like, The Shining and other, like, you know, The Exorcist or things that, mm-hmm. like, influenced it that are a little bit, um, you know, technically better. Uh, <laughs> technically, I mean, is in execution of the film. Yeah. Not, you know. The other. The, not, the, not like, the hybrid elevated thing. Not yeah. that. That's not what I'm trying to say. But, um, yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely better. Um, yeah. There was, at the beginning when I was watching it, I was thinking back to my own, like, working in a band. Because that whole situation, like, at the beginning, I'm like, that is my fucking nightmare. Like, I hate it. Like, and I put that rule down really early with, with my bands. Like, anytime new people come in or anytime, like, I'm working with new bands, it's like spouses are not allowed girlfriends are not allowed fans of the band blah blah not allowed like not allowed in rehearsal spaces not allowed in creative spaces i fucking hate that like that right there right at the beginning with all like the girlfriends and the wives like fighting with each other i'm like this is not conducive to writing music or making music everybody's going to be distracted everybody's going to be you know so i used to hate that because like uh people would try to bring like a girlfriend to sit in and Mm-hmm. And then it's like distract. Everybody's like, you know, it's like I'm not here for this person. You know, we need to like work. And yeah. then it's like whoever they are attached to is like distracted the whole time. Bring them to the show. Exactly. I mean, you can come to the show, but you ain't coming into rehearsal. Yeah. So we we'll give you the VIP yeah, too. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So that that whole thing at the beginning, I'm like, well, yeah, that does sound like my nightmare. I mean, I even have dreams like that sometimes, like where it's. I'm trying to like get rehearsal going or trying to get the show going and like people are off doing other things. I've got to like drag them. It's like, cause it's a, like it's a literal nightmare at a show when you're like everybody in the band, get on the fucking stage. <laughs> like what are you fucking people doing? You know, or I, we are paying to rehearse here or whatever, like get in the goddamn studio. <laughs> so we can't get this shit done, you know? So like that whole thing, it's just, I don't know. Like, I, I still, I like the idea of that. Like I, I have that sort of dream of like, Oh, it'd be really cool to like go off and, you know, rent like a house and get it all set up and everybody writes together and stays there. And it's like a very creative space, but like, yeah, I don't want like spouses and hanging around. And speaking of a nightmare and they're going to go off and get possessed by demons and kill everybody. Clearly. And speaking of that, right? Like uh, speaking of like setting up a space, like that barn was set up with like lights and 
all of the strobes and stuff for for essentially a rehearsal, uh, essentially a recording. Like, I, no, like that's... Well, I felt like that changed. Like when they got there, it was like, you know, they're going to take our advance from us if we don't make a new album. And then like partway through the film, he's like, we have to rehearse our new album and our tour. I'm like, wait, what is happening? Like, why are they there? <sighs> See, but then it all kind of makes sense because everything is so muddled because at the reveal, we realize uh, that yeah. Triton, the intercessor, right, has like created them as like illusions. Yeah, so none of it matters. Exactly. It was yeah. like shadow illusion. It was like illusionary magic in order to confound the demons. Right. But it makes me question if I'm a demon because I am confounded similarly by the happening happening that happened. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Like, we're th- trying to make sense of this when the whole thing is, it's all uh, a hallucination for the demons and Beelzebub. And Abaddon and, you know, probably Pazuzu. Right. And who's the hereditary <laughs> oh, one? Uh, and then he doesn't even defeat yeah. him at the end. He's like, I'll see you later. Like, I'll catch up you. with you again. Yeah. <laughs> See you on the other side, you abomination. Uh, there's a sequel to this, I think, that came out in 2005. Shut the fuck up. I know. Man. Yeah. No. Uh, I rebuke that in the name <laughs> I of... I rebuke it. I rebuke that in yeah, the name of Intercessor, another rock and roll nightmare featuring Thor. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, 2005. This is why this was re-released, I bet. Um, this film is a low-budget affair. Imagine that. <laughs> is that a review? What? Or is that a description? Oh, man. Oh, that's... Oh, shoot. I should have read that when we started. I found like a... Uh, oh, no. I found a really funny... I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, oh, shoot. Where was it? I'm probably not even going to be able to find it now. Well, anyways, the point is that, yeah, there is a... Uh, there is a sequel, and we are definitely doing that uh, next week uh, on the show. No, no fuck it. I'm leaving. <laughs> this is it. Bye, everybody. It's been nice. <laughs> Fright School is closed. Over. It is over. over. It's gone the way of, you know, Trump University. Fright School is done. Maybe that's what happens. Maybe in the alternate universe where Fright School is like Trump University, this is the stuff we teach. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh. Oh, The Edge of Hell. I totally forgot that that... Um, did we even mention that that was the original title? Well, that's what popped up, too, when we were... Didn't even pop up as Rock and Roll Nightmare. I know. I was like, oh, it's just... Like, and the, and, the, and the creatures, right? Like, I love a creature feature just as much as the next horror person, but, like, there was no cohesion. Were they even from the same circle of hell? They look like, like he was being like pelted with starfish it was kind of like um it was kind of like the villain in the new suicide squad like the little versions of that starfish in the suicide squad but like oh right yeah but like still they look like dicks and there was like an albert einstein dick and there was like all this stuff and then you had like you know the last the big <laughs> Albert boss. Einstein dick that's right yeah. smoking yes yeah, smoking couldn't handle a demon can't handle a cigarette no. what is happening and then you have like you know the 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 last demon looking like you know Nina Bonina Brown like oh yeah you know she just, should sue you she <laughs> she should sue this movie <laughs> for taking her look you know decades before 
Uh, yeah, so here. Um, ever wondered what it would be like if a Motley Crue cover band guest hosted the Bizarro World version of The Muppet Show? Well, wonder no longer because Rock and Roll Nightmare carelessly combines... <laughs> The existing worlds of hair metal and hideous puppets. I'm like, yeah, that that uh, that about does it. That's from the Loft uh, Cinema uh, description of this um, film. Weird, wacky, and highly hilarious. Um, I would add, accidentally hilarious. Uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare is the this is Spinal Tap of goofy '80s metal horror flicks, only without all the annoying intentional humor. <laughs> It's so earnest. Like they do, they, they, it seems like they're like, yeah, we are like, this is going to be great. This, we're, you know, we're going to be like right up there. It's going to be Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, Beelzebub. This film's going to be awesome. The Intercessor. The Intercessor. They're trying to like put, it was like very Flash Gordon. It was, you know, they're trying to put the Intercessor on the same level as Nancy. <laughs> right as Alice yeah uh, one of the other reviews I said did call it nothing but a vanity project for its star I'm like yeah that feels about right he's like a bodybuilder too so like that's a whole other job he has I guess his early days he was like doing metal music he would like bend bars in his teeth have people break things on his chest like these like stunt you know, strongman stunts mixed with glam rock I bet he's a men's rights activist now he might be I don't know. Joshua, I think I, I'm I'm just going to say in summation, because we've talked about this long enough. I want this to end. Um, this <laughs> is 100% my fault. Um, the reason why I say that, dear listener, is because I walked in today to, you know, the West Craven Memorial Library, and I did not remember at all what film we were doing today. And if I had remembered and looked at the syllabus... I would have seen this, looked it up, and categorically said no and walked out of the room. This is 100% my fault, and I own that. And uh, this is, the moral of the story is, look at the fucking syllabus. Um, all right. Well, that is wonderful, uh, Joe. And I actually, yeah, that's fine. We'll wrap this up and uh, everybody gets out it's of class. It's wonderful because I took all the blame. Everybody right? gets out of class a little early today. You know, go enjoy your spring break and, uh, you know, no homework, no papers due, no tests, no quizzes. Um, but I, I will say this, Joe, you give me energy. <laughs> energy. That's for you. You can put that in your pocket and take that home and remember it forever. Good night, dear listener. <laughs> Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 